Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh my gosh. Who, who are you guys? Wait, do you guys remember me? Do you guys remember my name? What, what's my name? No, no. Anyone else? I'm Ashpenaz, the king's chief and staff. You guys remember me, right? What are you guys doing here? You guys are Daniel's friends, right? Do you guys know what happened to Daniel? Did you not hear? Guys, a couple days ago, the king issued a decree that said for 30 days, people could only pray to the king. And Daniel wouldn't do that. So the king sent me to arrest him and throw him into a lion's den. I know, I went after him, I tried to change his mind, but he, but he wouldn't. And I know that after he went in the den, they put a huge stone in front of the door so that no one could escape, but I don't know, I don't know. You guys remember when God saved Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? He did? Well, I thought he might do that for Daniel too, but, but I don't know, it's, it's, it's crazy, right? I mean, no one could escape a den of lions. That's, that's, that's impossible. And so I don't know what to do. I, I couldn't sleep all night. I, I don't know where Daniel was. I don't know. He's dead. Daniel has to be dead. And there's nothing I can do. But, but I don't know. I don't get why God is... Yes. It's good to see you again. You guys won't believe what happened. Ashpenaz, it's good to see you, bro. How you doing? Uh, you all right? Ghost? No, whoa, whoa, easy, easy, easy. Okay, that's, you don't touch someone's face. Like, that's not normal. Thank you. Okay, yeah. Is this what ghosts yeah, feel it like? it was crazy. It was crazy, right? So the, the king, I mean, just lost his mind, right? I mean, he said, no one could worship their God. And I mean, I'm used to praying to God three times a day. He said, anyone who's praying would be arrested. But do you guys think I would back down from something like that? Back down with someone? No, no, no. I was like, I worship the one true God, all right? So no matter what happens, I'm gonna keep on praying. And so I'd even open up my windows, right? Because I'm like, I'm not ashamed, okay? But then I get arrested. I'm like, well, what's gonna happen, right? So he throws me into this den of lions. Have you guys ever seen a lion before? Uh, yeah. yeah, like maybe in the zoo or something like that? Yeah. They're really scary, right? I mean, they're all, they're, you know, they were ravenous, all right? They would even starve these lions so that they'd be hungrier. But guys, you're not gonna believe this. When he put me in the den of lions, the lions were just chilling, all right? I mean, their mouths were closed. They were like my little pet cats at home or something like that. It was amazing. And guys, hasn't God shown us amazing things this week? All right, that even when we're scared, that God is with us, exactly. When, when I didn't know how to interpret the king's dream, and I asked God for help, God was with me, right? And my friends Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were about to be thrown into the fiery furnace, and they were thrown in, that God saved them. And I want us to all remember that all the time, okay? That no matter what's going on, in good times, in bad times, that God is with them. That's right. When we need help, God is Yes. When we're lonely, God is with us. Okay, and guys, God has been showing us amazing things this week, right? And God even told me about promises yet to come, about this person called the Son of Man, all right, that tells us that he is with us always to the very end of the age. 
Okay, so I want us to all remember that, no matter what happens, guys. When things are crazy in our lives, all right, when, when our friends and our, our parents start throwing up like crazy, we can't understand it, right? And we have to cancel our plans, even in those times, that God is still with us. He's still taking care of us. You know what I mean, Ashpenaz? I mean, yeah, it has been a crazy week, and I think your God has done a lot, from the dreams to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and, and to the lions, and, and I don't know, your, your God is pretty cool. Pretty cool? He's really cool, man. Yeah. So, so what are you saying, Ashpenaz? What are you going to do? I'm saying, guys, I shouldn't be worshiping or praying to the king. I should, I should be praying and worshiping your God, my God. That's, right. That's what I should be doing. I, Come on. Yeah. Dude, that's amazing. Yeah. I didn't really know if you were going to come around. I, yeah. But like, you're right. When you see God doing these things, what else can you do? I change, right? you know? Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know how you feel about this, but oh. we're about to say a prayer right now. Do you want to lead the prayer? And what's your first prayer? That's my first prayer. Um, I, yeah, I can give it a shot. It'd be awesome. All right. All you right. guys want to pray? Let's pray. Let's hold hands. And then use hand sanitizer afterwards. <laughs> no, no Babylon bug. All right. All right. Um, dear God, thank you for, for helping us. Thank you for, for being with us, God, and always protecting us, God. Uh, you were with Daniel then, God, and you're with us now. And I just pray that we can trust in you, God, and that you can be with us and that we love you, God. Uh, thank you for this day. And in your son's name I pray, amen. Amen. Let's give it up for Ashpenaz. Let's give it up for our kids right here. And you guys can go back to your seats. Go back to your seats. Ah, uh, VBS Sunday. Hey, thank you, kids. Okay, let's, uh, let's give the kids a thank you by letting them, uh, amen. But also let's, uh, let, let's, let's let them know we remember what they just taught us. Whatever we're going through, God is what? With us. All right, that's the message of the entire Bible. VBS Sunday, what a great, you know, time, you know, together. Now, uh, we're going to have a little Bible study with Aspenaz after church, if you'd like to help us, you know, and uh, we got a baptistry right here. I think we need to go all the way, you know. He's been praying, let's take him all the way into the kingdom of God. VBS, uh, VBS week, well, I'm inspired, I have to tell you that... Um, you know, for me, I get to be a part of it uh, every, uh, every, every year, and I've seen it grown, uh, grow, and I've seen more and more people of all different age groups be a part of this, and there's so much in the Bible about becoming like a little child and welcoming the little children and not putting any kind of stumbling block in the path of little children, and for me, over there with like 179 kids, I mean, just Filling up that entire family learning center, 97, 98 volunteers, 13 people in the nursery. It was really VBS church. I mean, it was like its own community. It was like its, its own living, growing organism. And, and when you see the, uh, the middle school children now leading our young men and women, leading the tribes and the high school students in there and the campus students in there and of all ages, you know, 
uh, everybody uh, pitching in. It's, it's a really inspiring, inspiring, you know, time. And so I'm inspired. 29 tribes. I mean, those are 29 small groups. I mean, those small groups, those Bible talks were cranking, okay, this week, at least until the Babylonian flu thinned out the ranks. So you'll notice that this morning in the first service, you know, we'd, you don't have as many kids as we normally have because we've been doing this in one service. We've got, of course, many more coming the second service, but some of our kids are still recovering and some of the, uh, the parents. But it was a powerful, beautiful time all together. I, uh, I want to thank... I mean, you just got to thank people like uh, Anna Beeman, who had such a great role in this. I think Anna's at a t- out of town at a wedding. She's carrying around an infant and trying not to throw up on the last day, okay, because she got super sick, you know, that night, as a lot of other people did. Melissa Tullock helping organize things as well, but little Hank, you know, having to go to the hospital and getting sick himself. I mean, it was like, it was like last man standing, you know, over there, and yet everybody continued to um, you know, to weigh in and to give and to love and to serve VBS Church. I mean, it was pretty inspiring. An extraordinary transformation of this space, and it made the Bible become so real as our kids, and let me tell you, adults need to be reminded of the story of Daniel and captivity and honoring God and praying and being all in and seeing God do immeasurably more than you can even imagine and him using that for transformation in the decades to come. It was very inspiring. And the, you'll notice in the newsletter, get the newsletter this week, read it, get it online, absorb it, you know, digest it. And you'll see some of the things that the, the kids not only learned, that God is with them no matter what, when they're afraid, when they're scared, when they're insecure, when they don't know what to do, when they start getting a little bit prideful, when they're tempted to disobey their parents, you know, God is right there with them and encouraging them. But some of the things they said, that the kids said, one, one of the parents said, my daughter couldn't stop talking about Daniel's friend in the fire and how God saved them. They're getting it. They're getting it. I love it. Don't you love it when your kids get it? Your middle school students get it? Your husband gets it? Don't you love it? When a friend, how about it? Have we got it? Have we gotten the story? All through these last few weeks, we've been talking about the book of Exodus and how God has a story. All the way from the beginning of time up till now, we're all a part of this story. We can go ahead and cue our first slide, you know, this morning. This is just going to be a, uh, in honor of our children here, it's going to be a brief talk here, okay, and to put some things out on the plate for you to be able to digest. And it's from uh, Exodus chapter 19, um, you know, God's, God's glory, that's been our theme, and particularly for this week, it's uh, carried on... Um, you know, carried on eagle's wings. That's what God does. And of all the nations, he's chosen us to be his treasured possession. That's our title slide, but uh, it didn't, uh, didn't make it into the queue this morning. And so we're going to begin with our first, uh, first slide. And if you're in uh, Exodus 19, you can follow along. One of the things that uh, one of the parents said is my son's favorite part of VBS was Daniel's adventures because he learned how, uh, how Daniel prayed. My seven-year-old knows now that prayer is powerful. Is that not awesome? 
I had a new prayer list. These are the 179 attendees, you know, of our children. And so, yeah, you guys know, I have a lot of different prayer lists. This is a cool one. And then, you know, when you're able to see through some of these videos in our archives and be able to see the pictures of our kids that are off the swamp as they were this week and and today and throughout the summer or as they're in BBS and then you see them growing into young men and women and see we really are a family. It's a spiritual legacy. We're all working on this together and the things that we're learning through uh, each other and through the scriptures are very powerful. But let's go back and take a quick look in Exodus 19. Carried on eagle's wings, out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. Chosen by God carried by God, have you sensed that through your life that you actually have been carried by God? This is what, what God says, you know, here to his people. It says on the first day of the third month, that's uh, verse 1, after the Israelites left Egypt, on that very day, they came to the desert of Sinai. Now you'll notice again, like we say, this is rooted in space, time, and history. It's not in a galaxy far, far away. And that's not the way the Bible rolls, okay? It's a very specific date, a very specific time, in a very specific era of a king or a ruler. You know, it's rooted and grounded in history. All the things that we look at, and especially the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the ministry of Jesus, all the miracles, it's all true. And so when he says, I've gone to prepare a place for you. Where I am, there you're going to be. We can count on that. We can take that to the bank because this is rooted in truth, not just inspiring stories. On that first day of the third month, on that very day in the desert of Sinai, after they set out from Rephidim, they entered the desert of Sinai. And Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, this is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel. This morning, how aware are we that God has something to say to us this morning? That we're gathered here because he has something to tell us. He has something to remind us of. He's not wasting our time. Yeah, we're here to have communion for sure and to fellowship and to worship and to sing, but he's also got something to say. It may be directly through a scripture. It might be just the tugging of your own heart, the Holy Spirit, you know, working on you, but he's got something to communicate to us. And that is a tremendous thing that there is a God who has something to say. When I was growing up, like some of you, I wasn't churched. I didn't go to church very much. Maybe sometimes a Christmas Eve service or, you know, an Easter type thing. And when people would ask me, do I believe in God? I would I say, I guess I believe in God. I don't know. You know, uh, he didn't bother me and I, didn't, I don't bother him. That was my view of God. It's great. He wound up the clock. He got it going. He's out there some way. There's a force or a greater power or whatever, but there's no direct connection with him and me, and he sure isn't saying something to me or telling me exactly how I need to live. Not that I wanted anybody to tell me what to do, you know, growing up, but God has something to say to us, not to micromanage us or we to be the little marionette of God. 
But to really say something, to tell us the life principles, the things that are most important, the priorities, where we should organize our life and our time and how to live and how to think and how to to grow our families. Aren't you glad that God has spoken in a specific day, in a specific time? And he's doing it here this morning. He's already communicated to us through our children. He goes on and he says, you yourselves... have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagle's wings. Isn't that a beautiful thought? And I brought you to myself. Now, if you fully obey me and keep my, command, my covenant, then out of all of the nations, Babylon, Assyria, you know, Philistia, you know, everywhere, out of all of these nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the entire earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you are to speak to the Israelites. Throughout your history and my history, have you sensed those times where God actually carried you through? Where you were struggling, you know that famous poem about footprints? Okay, if you know it, you immediately resonates with you. These times when life is tough and life is hard and they're big challenges and somehow you make it through, we don't, we don't want to ever forget. If we're here this morning, if we have some faith, if we have anything good and beautiful in our lives and in our family, it's because God has protected us, shielded us, and he's carried us. Even when we weren't aware of it and he still is. And so to acknowledge him, God, I'm in your hands. You got the whole world in your hands. You got me in your hands. Carry on, God. You brought me here this far, but there's more than that. Not just that he's carried and helped you, because all peoples all over the world, millions and millions have this sense that God has somehow helped me out. And he's pulled me out. Don't you remember, even when you were a rank pagan, there were times where you just said, whoa, you got pulled out of the fire. And you felt like, wow, maybe you even prayed, you know, or you made some kind of like deal with God. God, if you do this, I'm never going to, you know, and you know, that lasts for a couple of weeks, if that. God, God's carried all of us, but there are a few that he gives the privilege to be chosen to be his treasured relationship. How's that sound? You ever been chosen to be treasured? You ever been loved like that? You see, it's not just chosen as his chosen people. It's it's not just like being drafted in a good way, like somebody gives you millions of dollars and says, come be on my team. It's not like that you've just been drafted and acknowledged you're great and here's a pile of money. It's not just that you've been accepted, like, well, I got accepted into UGA. I got accepted into medical school. I got accepted, you know, in TSA so I can go through lines shorter, you know, whatever. (laughs) It's not just that. It's you and I through Christ and through being a part of God's family and listening to him fully and being a part of his covenant, we're adopted. Did you get that? We're adopted. It's more than drafted. It's more than accepted. It's adopted. It's like God just chose us and said, come on into the family. 
and you inherit along with my son, Jesus, and have a seat at the table. That's just blow away amazing. It's called God's grace. And you get to receive it if you have this relationship with God and you become a part of this story. It's such a powerful, beautiful, beautiful thing set apart to be a kingdom of priests. What do priests do? They help bridge that gap between God and men and women. And what an incredible privilege that sometimes we even freak out about and feel all guilty about it and all uptight, which is this privilege to talk to, to, to people about God and helping them get to know him and to help bridge that gap and to help them know what he has to say and to respond to him and, and be a part of his family. It's part of our, our it's a treasure set apart a holy nation his people okay there's so many verses like this in the bible and uh parents as we're teaching our kids above everything else help them to know they're treasured they're really loved god thinks they're amazing he thinks you and i for all our gnarliness we're amazing okay but he still has something to tell us Okay, and he wants us to experience this abundant life or in the old testament what we're going to see it's the promised land or in New Testament kind of lingo, it's the abundant life that God really has, you know, you know for us. The, uh, what happens next? Moses goes back, and he summoned, okay, all of the elders and the people before them, and, and all the words that the Lord had commanded him to speak, he told them. And the people all responded together, we will do everything the Lord has said. So Moses brought their answer back to the Lord. That's a great response, isn't it? Lord, I'm going to do everything that you've said. How are we doing on that one? It sounds a lot like loving God with how much of our heart, how much of our soul, how much of our mind, how much of our strength. It's not sinless perfection, but it's giving our all. It's being all in. It's being committed. It's like I'm not going anywhere. When it's good, when it's bad, God carry me through, but I'm all in. Everything are... Luke 14 kind of things rattle around, you know, in your mind as you think about this. You know that unless you give up or surrender everything, you can't even be my disciple. You can be a believer. You can believe in God. You can believe in Christ. But to really be a follower, to be a part of that covenant, it's about surrender. And it's God, God, yes, I'm willing to do it all. Even I'm going to struggle. I'm going to have my ups and downs. I need to get input and help and counsel and prayers and discipling and mentoring and love and family and the village and all of that. But I'm here. I'm here. This is, uh, let me just, before I close out here, um, the history of the Bible. A lot of us know it. What we've been working on the last couple of months, God gathers the people, but they're in slavery and their life is not that great. They're subservient, and they, they, they're not free. They can't really be all that, uh, that they want to be. And so God, God raises up a deliverer from their cries and their prayers. And Moses comes in this case, and God uses him to deliver. And so the people are out of bondage, set free is our theme for this series, set free for God's glory. They're out of bondage. They're out of captivity. And then they're into the desert. And God meant for them it to be a short trip in the desert, right? But Hebrews 3 and 4 makes it real clear what happened. The people wandered around for 40 years because of unbelief, because of their grumbling, 
because of their complaining. And then when they send out 12 of their most spiritual leaders in their whole church, they go out to the land God promised them and they come back and 10 of them are shivering and shaking and their knees are shaking. We can't do it. This is too hard. You ever feel that way in your Christian life? This is too hard. I can't do this. And Joshua and Caleb alone say, no, we can do this. Let's go do it. And yet the majority rules and the church stays in the desert, you remember, 40 years. Out of captivity, into the desert, God means for it to be a short trip. They wander around for 40 years. You know, it's possible even in your Christian faith after you become a disciple to wander around for decades. You're, circ- you're circling the desert. It's not abundant life. It's not rivers of living water. You can get out of there. Praise God. A lot of us have. But God's plan for us is the promised land, not wandering in the desert. Well, they do get out of the desert eventually. They let, it, they let the unfaithful generation die off. The younger people come on up, and then they go into the promised land. And, wow, it's great, and they're great victories. We remember, you know, what happened. What happens? Do they fully obey God and serve him as the one true God? The answer is no. They start blending in with their culture around us, with the world around them, and they start becoming as much like the world as the influence they're, they're meant to be. What happens? They, they don't obey God. They have other gods. They neglect the Sabbath. They give up tithing. They, they don't follow God's marriage principles. And what happens? They're into captivity all over again. First, the Assyrians... And the Babylonians that the kids have been focused on this week, and the Persians come in, and you know, all of it. And then the gods and people are crying out again, and he sends prophets, and they still don't really change. Finally, Jesus Christ paved the way, paved the way by John the Baptist. He's the true deliverer, and he comes, the fulfillment of all things is in him. Jesus comes, and there's an opportunity once again to fully obey and, you know, and trust God. You guys got the basic story? Well, what was the idea? Fully obey and keep my covenant. And it's going to be good. Really good. You may have to wander around and see for yourself how it is when you try to just do it on your own. But how about just listening to God? Now, we couldn't be faithful to this passage, okay? If you're open up in, in Exodus, you know, chapter, you know, 19. I'm trying to advance the slide. It's not working. Maybe you can help me, Omari. You know, we, we couldn't be faithful to this if we didn't look at the rest of the chapter. Guess what happens next? Okay, God assembles all the people And they come to this mountain. On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning and a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone trembled in the camp. I mean, yeah, that's a scary sight there. And that probably is a little bit mild. Moses then led the people where there was a big trumpet blast. Everyone trembled. Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the foot of this mountain, Mount Sinai. It's covered with smoke. It bellows up, you know, from the smoke, like from a furnace. And the whole mountain is trembling violently. At the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. Moses spoke, and the voice of God answered him. This is just another way of God saying, pay attention. Pay attention. This is real. 
God does not want to just smoke us and French fry us, but he's our father, but not our old man. He's a true, awesome God. And we listen and we pay attention. You're going to see that because after 19, what happens? Chapter 20, where we'll be the next couple of weeks, the commandments. There's some basic principles, you know, that God says to follow. You do it, you're going to be blessed, and we're going to be tight and have a close, you know, relationship. And you'll be able to be that true treasured, you know, possession. This morning I was driving over here, and uh, I got a, a, um, a lesson on paying attention. I actually was coming over, and my, my computer was kind of messed up, uh, you know, this morning. I was running a little bit behind, and so I was trying to take a peek at my notes on the way over. Okay, so I'm just taking a little peek, you know, over there, and I'm driving not slow. And uh, I'm coming up. I'm not even going to tell you the street because I don't want you to go back and look at your mailbox. Okay, and so I'm driving, I'm driving you know, a little bit, and, and then all of a sudden, whack! And you know how you just jolted here? And I just clipped my, my, my little uh, mirror. It's still folded back. I haven't had the courage to go look at it. It's parked right out here if you want to go look. Maybe you can see. I think it was a little clip, but it jolted me, and I said, whoa. And you guess what I was looking at in my notes? This passage. <laughs> Pay attention. There's some things and sometimes we just need to pay attention to keep our, from hurting ourselves and other people, right? And it is God's love. Yes, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. No doubt. Knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men. No doubt. The overwhelming thing, though, that's to help get our attention, make sure we're, 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 we're tuned in. But the overwhelming thing that motivates you and me and God's church and our children and our friends is this tremendous invitation to be loved by God, to be carried by God, to be his treasured possession, to be pulled into his family, not just drafted or accepted, but adopted and loved. It's the story of the whole Bible. And hopefully we can always understand that and never take it for granted. We'll go to our takeaways, you know, because it's not our efforts, our commitment, our devotion, or even our faith, but ultimately we got to be carried by on eagle's wings by God to give us the power and strength that we need. Okay, before we pray for communion, let's just hit some, some basic takeaways. They're pretty simple. God has something to say to us. Do you agree? It's his word. It's right there in front of us. We have absolute opportunity to see exactly, you know, what he's saying, and we should listen. Secondly, if we fully obey him, we will be treasured as well as carried. He's going to carry us through a lot anyway. But the Bible says there's so many of these conditional sentences in the Bible. Keep reading in Exodus. Look in Deuteronomy. Look in... If, then. If, then then. They're not a million ifs. They're not a thousand of them. There's not micromanagement. That if there's some very basic things that we choose to follow out of our gratitude for Jesus Christ and our love for him and all God has done for us, if then we will experience this abundant life, this being treasured, this being carried, this being connected to other people in God's kingdom, in his village, and in his church. 
And then everyone needs to respond to the message. Amen? We need to follow, obey him. That's why after you're baptized, the Bible says, you know, baptize them and teach them to obey what? Everything I've commanded. We, constantly, we need continual maturing and growing and mentoring and discipling and coaching. Pick your word. You get it. Just what, what Jesus said. Why? You know, not to try to control us, but so we can more fully follow God and put his plans into practice in our life. And so more and more of the blessings will flow. But uh, everybody's got to respond. Moses brought back the people's answer. What's ours? Fear? What's our answer? What are we going to say to all this? The answer, see, determines if we're going to wander around in circles in a desert, a spiritual desert for a long, long time, or if we go back to captivity in Egypt or Babylon or pick your place, or if we truly experience the abundant life and the promised land. Hey, let's be grateful that we've been carried and honored that we're treasured. Let's pray together. Father, nothing helps us know that we're treasured and, and important to you and chosen anymore than thinking about Jesus coming to this earth and living the kind of life that he lived and becoming humble like a servant and just here to, to love us and to, to teach us and to help us. Father, thank you so much that he got up on, on that cross and stayed there and that through his stripes we're healed. And as we take this communion, the juice that represents the blood, that was shed and the body that was broken. Father, help us truly always be grateful and never take for granted how treasured we really are through your love and your story. In Jesus' name, amen.